Hello again everyone, this is Emma Lacuna and I am here with Jason Franks talking about Big Arse 3, which is happening on the 2nd of March. Thanks very much for being on the show, Jason. Good day, Emma. Thanks uh, for having me. And I'm very excited because this year for Big Arse we, we have a number of interesting creators, but you've got two books launching at this too, don't you? I do, once again. <laughs> <laughs> um, for some reason I've had two books every year. Um, um, it's just been the way that it worked out. This year I have Lady McBlack number one, which is the first issue of McBlack volume two, and I also have Orange Onward, which is a collection of my mainstream comic short pieces. Mm. And it's just ungenred, so you're covering the spread there. So these stories are um, autobiographical, some of them are drama, period fiction, comedy, uh, travel stories, and... um, I guess you know what you what you'd call uh, real world literary mainstream kind of uh, stories. Mm. Um, there is there are a few about robots, however. <laughs> is that from um, uh, Vondruska's yes, work? Yes, those are from uh, Greg Vondruska's anthologies. Yeah, um, the robots are people two anthologies. I did a series of uh, one page scripts about Rodney, the world's first sentient computer. Um, so four, I think there's five in the book, and four of them are from those, those, and uh, there's one new one that has never been published before. Excellent, excellent, of course not. Um, but we also, you've also mentioned Lady McBlack there. That's correct. Now, McBlack is this sort of postmodern, weird uh, action comedy, I guess you'd call it? Yeah, it's a kind of hard-boiled noir science fiction gonzo comedy. We're running out of adjectives. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but Lady McBlack, is this a new character or is he just wearing a wig today? I mean, how does this work? That would be saying. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I will say that um, there's no character called Lady McBlack in issue number one. Mm-hmm. So this book picks up um, a dangling plot thread from volume one, mm-hmm. uh, which is about the murder of McBlack's friend Leela. Um, which is unexplained in the book. Everything else more or less gets tied up um, one way or the other, mm-hmm. uh, except for that. So at the start of this book, Leela, Leela's three sisters, who are Layla, Lauren, and Lana, um, come to McBlack and say, hey, what happened to our sister? He says, oh, I don't know. They say, well, you were there. She was your friend. You need to find out. Mm. Um, so that's what kicks the story off. Okay. And uh, the three sisters are quite involved in the story. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Well, looking forward to that. I particularly like all the L names because that's synonymous with, you know, like Superman and, you know, Lois Lane and Lorelei and all these. Lana Lang, was that the other Lana one? Lana Lang, yes. Um, they are, uh, so they're all quite quite different. Um, they're each, each one of the sisters is a different age. Mm. Um, and um, they all kick some ass in different ways. Excellent. Excellent. Well, comics need more badass heroines, so that's something I look forward to. Yeah, you know, that um, that's something I'm particularly interested in. Yeah. And uh, so that in a lot of ways, is what this book is about. Excellent stuff. Well, we've touched on the two books you're going to be doing, um, but also you're here because you're one of the organisers of Big R's and you've been involved in the promotion of Big R's. Um, how can we introduce people to this event itself? How would you describe Big R's? Um, so basically, the Melbourne Comics community launches a, a bunch of books 
they are all for Melbourne creatives, but the majority of them are, and of course it's held in Melbourne. So we have a couple of creatives coming in from out of town this time. We have Alicia Jade, um, who's launching Seven Number Two. Seven is Alicia's uh, wonderful sort of fairy tale inspired uh, book. If you guys were at the FEC comic comics launch last year, you uh, probably have seen Number One. And then the other book um, from an out of town is Jessica Maurice's Awakenings. Jessica's from New Zealand, and uh, I haven't seen anything of this book, but uh, it sounds really cool. Well, you've also got a bit of a New Zealand presence this year, don't you? Because you've got the Picasia Press titles too. Yes, so uh, Matt Emery, is a, um, he lives in Melbourne now, but he's a, a New Zealander. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of New Zealand in his work, obviously. Mm-hmm. So Matt is launching Adversaries, which I think is kind of more of the Gazumo sort of material that people know and love so much, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is one of my absolute favourite local books. Um, and... Uh, Matt is also publishing uh, Peter Foster's Ballantine uh, Adventure Strips, which are now for the first time in colour. Yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to that as well, because I just love the idea of a period comic, and one of the things that Picadisha Press... I'm, I know I'm mispronouncing that. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it either. <laughs> Repeatedly, we're mispronouncing that. But um, Picadisha Press does so well is that they are presenting so many Australian books from different periods and like archiving them, and I think that's... Yeah, Matt has... Has really um, kind of come into his own as a kind of an archivist, I mm. guess, of um, Australia and New Zealand comics. Um, and a historian is very interested in, I guess, the, the kind of lost material that people like me have never seen before, and it's fascinating. Mm. Yeah, I was actually um, I was talking to an in law there recently, and I showed him uh, Bruce Mutard's The Sacrifice. And all of a sudden, he started telling me about all these comics he used to read during World War Two, like all, like a whole bunch of titles I'd never heard before. And I had the little red notebook that I was making them. <laughs> I'm going to go to the State Library and read all of these. Yeah, I think the situation was. Uh, I'm not really a, a historian, but I, I believe the situation was that during the war, the American comics were not available in Australia, so that was kind of the golden age of Australian comics, and there was a lot of local material produced because there was demand, but we couldn't get the overseas stuff. Hmm. Um, and so what else do we have? We've got Frank Condoloro as well. He's got a new book coming out. Frank has a new book, Button Lou, um, which is going to be, it looks like a, a strange cyberpunk comedy duo. Um, you know, nobody has an imagination like Frank hmm. in terms of, of putting the strangest combinations of things together. And I'm really excited to, to see what happens in that because I have no idea what Frank's going to do next. I interviewed him. I interviewed him, and he explained the concept of the story to me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but what I really like about his work is that it's so rich in references to film history. Yes. Particularly in the 1920s. And seemingly, Baudelieu has to do with silent comedians. So, once again, I mean, his work frequently has this touchstone with German expressionist film and silent film. So, this is. He's mainlining his strongest influences here which is great cyberpunk Abbott and Costello from what I can tell of it and (laughs) you know I I don't know anybody else besides Frank who would have who would have thought I'm going to do a comic about that yeah Um, and that's that's what I love about Frank's work yeah it's so um, yeah you just I don't I never know what Frank's going to do next Mm, mm, excellent well there's also another particular time here I want to get your thoughts on because uh, because of your background you, you live in Australia now but you had you lived in South Africa for a time and we've got Velocity here which is an Australian South African 
anthology title. Right. Uh, it's quite interesting representation of the two countries. Well, I guess Neville Howard, who's the editor of Velocity, moved to Australia um, a number of years ago. Probably not, not as many years ago as I did. Mm. Um, but he has strong ties back to the South African comics community, which I believe is fairly similar to the Australian community. And so the book is edited by, by Neville and by Moray Rhoda, uh, who lives in South Africa still. And generally the, um, the book is produced by teams from, from both countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so the material in the book is a, is a mix of you know, people that are mainstays on the Aussie scene, plus you know, people who uh, most people here have never otherwise been exposed to. Um, they tend to be really lush, full-colour science fiction fantasy stories. Um, yeah. I guess you could compare it to heavy metal, maybe. Oh, wow. In terms okay. of that, that sort of emphasis on the science fiction fantasy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're like a really, really nicely produced books. Yeah, yeah, excellent. But um, I'm, the reason why I'm spruiking anthology titles so much is anthology titles are noted for being difficult to sell, yeah. you know, frequently, which... I think find it's unfortunate because it's a really good way of getting exposure to a number of different creators. Well, of course, I, I started in comics doing anthologies, mm. um, either writing stories for them or editing them um, and uh, publishing them initially. And um, uh, I guess uh, I don't do them anymore. Mm. As of last year was my last year doing them, I think, for a while because they're a lot of work and they're really rewarding, but they can be really difficult to sell. Mm. And... Um, you know, sometimes it feels like the rewards are few and far between. So the other the other anthology title as well that we have is Yuck Number Seven, which James Andre is behind, and we've got Scarlett Pacini and Bruce Mutard and Frank Candelaro again, and a number of other folks. Well, that's that's also a great title. Gregory Ben Hutchins. It looks like a great book. Um, I actually really wanted to be in in this issue of Yuck as well, but uh, I had the pitch written, but I just didn't have time to to get it finished, unfortunately. Mm. But um, Yuck is great. Uh, I really love Yuck. Um, I was in the first one, which was banned from eBay. Which, which, <laughs> that's, a, that's a kind of fame. <laughs> I, you know, I'd love to take credit for it, but I think probably Matt Emery was a bit more responsible for it than me. But, um, you know, that was one of the most rewarding things in my comics career, to be truthful. Um, and it's a really it's a really interesting, um, well-put-together anthology of uh, and underground black humour, um, sometimes pornographic, Mm. Um, other times just plain flat out horrifying material Um, and it's a really interesting and eclectic mix Mm. Um, I really I really love Yuck it's one of my favourite books and I'm really glad to see it coming back this year Mm. Yuck number 7 is going to be a monster volume as well it's huge brilliant the previous ones were kind of single issue size but this one is a big fat fat anthology and I'm really looking forward to it Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Well, we've we've mentioned a few titles. I mean, there's 15 in total, so I don't want to keep you. <laughs> but there's some, there's some excellent work there launching on the day. Um, one thing I do want to ask you about, though, is I met Bruce Mutard a few months ago, and what he had to say was about Big R's is very interesting because he was pointing out that with every launch the numbers are increasing. The books are increasing, but the numbers are increasing, and the kinds of people attending is also quite something you notice, that it's not the same faces, it's not the comic book fans, it's actually a broader audience. And I was wondering maybe if you wanted to talk about that. Yeah, that's what's been really interesting about about the big ass book launches, I guess. You know, the first one um, kind of came about because um, I had actually arranged a book launch which had failed. Um, mm. Couriers lost the books, and I had to cancel it at the last minute. 
and um, Bobby Nanadovich had asked me um, if I wanted to um, to uh, co-organize a book launch with him and we could launch both of our books and maybe a few others. Um, so we kind of did that at the last minute once I did get the books and um, it was huge. Like we really didn't expect the, um, the numbers that we got. Um, the venue that we had it in was an amazing venue, uh, Evie's on Ligon Street, but it just didn't, wasn't big enough for us, uh, which shocked me. Mm. And um, so last year we moved to a bigger venue, we moved to Centro Funf, and uh, again we didn't know if we were going to get the same results. We had probably twice as many books. Mm -hmm. uh, we had 15 books last year, same as this year. And um, yeah, it was a rainy, miserable day, and I think we, um, we were 50% over the numbers from the previous year. Wow. Um, this year, this year there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of creators wanting to be involved in the book launch as well, a lot more than in previous years. Mm. Um, we've decided that we don't really want to have more books than we did before because we're sort of at capacity in terms of um, just the logistical side of it. You know, selling the books at the at the event. Um, so you know we. 15 seems to be probably as much as we can cope with for yeah. an event this size. You know, we're not very formally organised. Mm. Um, there's just a bunch of us who kind of put it on. There's not really a committee or a, you know, I guess Bruce Mutard's now kind of the head honcho for it, but that um, that just kind of happened. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, I think we're at capacity. Um, hopefully we'll have a bigger show than last year, mm. um, well, which is great for comics, but, you know, I think what's really interesting about it is that this is not the kind of crowd that you see at Supernova or Armageddon or the pop culture shows and it's not just like an indie comics crowd either um, we get kind of people from from all walks of life mm. um, you know I have a bunch of people from my office last year came along um, who are not comics readers mm. um, I guess you know it's it's kind of become a bit of an event mm. and uh, if you're in the area um, you know there's a big crowd of people and Bernard Calio Oh, he's a very good MC as well, isn't he? Bernard Calio putting on a little bit of a show. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you have never seen Bernard speak, uh, well, you should because, uh, yeah, Bernard Bernard puts on a show. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you know at the at the first big ask, someone who's uh, a civilian a civilian friend of mine um, during Bernard's speech looked over at me and he went, "I didn't know comics could be so intense." <laughs> um, and uh, you know that's. That's Bernard, and um, that's kind of become the spirit of Big Ass, I guess. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I remember when I first arranged to meet you, like years back, when, <laughs> when we were both younger, Jason, <laughs> when we first met. It was like uh, two years ago. <laughs> um, but I was talking to uh, a chap here. He's a Melbourne-based writer. His name is Joseph Reich. Yes. And he's, he's just written a novel called Book of the Week. And I mentioned to him that I was speaking to you. And then he said, oh, what does he do? And I said, oh, he does comics. And he's a novelist and he does short stories. And, you know, he, I know him through his comics work. And then he immediately came back with, oh, so like Mickey Greenberg. Yeah. And, you know, immediately. So there, he, this was somebody who I wouldn't have thought would have a lot of uh, exposure to the comic scene of Melbourne. Although I've read his book. There's all this bunch of stuff about Superman in it, so... Yeah. <laughs> so You'd be surprised. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's broader than I thought. But um, he immediately thought of Nicky Greenberg. And that's what I find interesting about Melbourne, that you have this very broad audience for the medium of comics. 
Yeah, you know, we do. Um, you know, Melbourne's, I think, uh, a very much a reading city. It's probably now a city of UNESCO City of Literature or, mm. or whatever yeah, it is. Like that, yeah. And we do have, um, I guess, a couple of Australia's kind of most prominent um most prominent authors in the in the graphic fiction field we have you know Nikki Greenberg we have Bruce Mutard and Sean Tan mm. all Melbourne uh, Melbourne based writers and um, all three of them do get a fair bit of coverage um, in the newspapers and even on TV sometimes so you know they're, they're known mm. um, and that's uh, it's been really good I think for the rest of the scene yeah and it, well, this is what's so good about Big Arts as well because you've got these big name sort of artistic comic creators who are attracting attention but then an event like Big Arts can actually get some of these other people in into the homes of readers as well you know you're actually getting them out there too well right because I guess you know the, the difference between the big names and the and the smaller names is um, it's not so large you know uh, a number of us have worked together um, you know Bruce Mutide appears in a bunch of my books um, Sean Tan has done anthology covers for um, you know various other anthologies from smaller publishers. Um, Nikki Greenberg's appeared in Bernard Callio's Tango anthologies numerous times. Mm-hmm. So you know the, the scene uh, there's a lot more um, there's a lot more layers to it than than uh, I think uh, is probably evident. Um, so Jason Sentido Funf, why did you use that for your new venue? Um, well, initially. Uh, we had we had a lot of discussions about what kind of venue to hold these things at, and um, you know, a bookstore or a comic store where the the obvious two uh, where these kind of events are normally held. Mm. Um, I'd held one in a in a pub on Stock Burke Street um, in the year prior to the first big ass, and um, I just you know a DJ came on in the middle of the event, and they didn't they were really cooperative when it came to setting up signing tables and stuff, and uh, I just didn't didn't want to have uh, I didn't want to have it in that kind of an environment, so you know we went looking for for um, more suitable venues. And I think you know part of the success of the event has been that uh, it's not in a crowded bookshop or in a comic shop where you know the X Men and the Incredible Hulk are on every wall mm. um, looking down on you. Um, you know, uh, I guess uh, reminding you of your childhood because a lot of the work is quite quite adult. Um, so uh, we just, you know, kind of found some uh, some pleasant, spacious um, pub areas where, you know, we could uh, uh, we could display the works. We could have a little presentation, um, and well, it's a sort of a unique environment as well to the Australian titles, isn't it? I mean, you're not, as you're saying, you're not sitting in amongst all these superhero books. You are actually claimed this territory for your own. In a way. Right, you know, we're we're Australians, and uh, you know, by and large. And uh, I guess the pub is kind of a traditional environment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, doing it during the day instead of at night, like those, yeah. uh, those prior launches is also, you know, a big part of it. You know, people can come out and it's a little bit of a festival. Well, isn't this, a, this is what it is. You're, you're changing people's perceptions because you're changing the rules of how the event occurs. So, yes, it's not taking place at night. It's to- not taking place in a bookstore. Most launches do. Um, or, um, you know, another thing that we wanted to avoid was art galleries. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know a lot. A lot of events are very sort of gallery-ish, and um, you know I'm a writer, mm. um, and uh, you know I, I think kind of if there's a theme to to a big ass, it's that we were making books to be to be read. Yeah, you know, like we're looking for story, yeah, as opposed to um, fine art, which is all well and good, but 
you know, uh, the way I see comics is that it's a uh, it's a publishing medium rather than a, a finance medium. So, um, you know, books not galleries. Mm. Mm. Well, um, you know, head along to Big Arts, grab a book, sit down, have a pint, read a book, enjoy a book, meet have the creator. Have another pint, <laughs> buy another book, meet another creator. Everybody's happy. <laughs> Fifteen pints later, <laughs> you have no more money, but you're very happy. <laughs> And you've got a lot of books to carry home. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, and a number of these people as well, they have previous works available out there that people can check out. They just want to get a taste for what they can uh, expect yeah. on the day. Certainly, uh, All Star Comics will probably have most most of the back catalogues of most of us. Hmm. All Star are actually sponsoring the event, aren't they? Our sponsors um, up on Lonsdale Street there. Hmm. Um, wonderful shop. Really supportive of local creators. And... Um, you know, if you're looking for some local comics, you should definitely check them out. Excellent stuff. Excellent. We'll point people in the way of All Star because I know when I first went in there, they just handed me your stuff and I think Tom Taylor's Rombies and a few other books as well. So those are the first exposure oh, I had, which was All Star Boys. Um, great stuff. Well, thanks very much, Jason. Thanks for taking the time to chat to me, and uh, we're looking forward to the event itself. Thanks very much, Emmett. We're looking forward to seeing you there. Yeah, excellent.